Hello and welcome to, I'm assuming this is episode seven of Fade In, our fancy dancy podcast. Today we have a guest on the show, a Severia Italian last name that I am going to butcher with. How are you doing? Uh, it's Severia Amicucci, just to get that strained out. And I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I am doing swell. Um, Christine, you're here making me do the intro. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing really well. I just got some, I just mixed a drink for, it's already night. I mean, it's like lunchtime uh, in Vancouver, but here it's already late at night. So I'm allowed to drink something. So I'm good. It's a Monday. Uh, yes. And we went out on, <laughs> Thursdays or Wednesdays? <laughs> I think it's that's the same. It's a Monday. <laughs> Bear with me here. I'm trying my best. I'm not great at initiating these things. So we're going to jump right into uh, Severia. I guess those, in our, those who know you, know you. But people who listen to this podcast, which surprisingly is people we don't know. It's kind of strange. Apparently we're kind of popular on Apple Music. I didn't even know this thing was on Apple Music, so, like, good for us. But would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, sure. Um, again, I'm Severia Amikuchi. Uh, I am a comedy writer from Toronto. Um, went to VFS with these two. Uh, I'm also the copy editor for their series, The Souls of Syra. So that's not very fun. But excuse you. Like you need more commas. Like, oh, so boring. No, it's just boring work. But yeah, um, speaking of boring work, I have like right now I'm working more in like academia, trying to get a theory paper published on a movie that I don't care about. So that's who I am I as a person. Hear you say that. <laughs> I mean, it's not a movie anyone has watched, let's be real. Uh, it's called The Journals of Knud Rasmussen. It is a Inuit film from 2000, I want to say, 6. Uh, it's by the guy who did Adonarjuit, which people also haven't seen. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> the, can you say the title one more time? Uh, the Journals of Knud Rasmussen. I'm definitely mispronouncing that, but yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I just want to see, because the titles are always different like in like English and German, so I just wanted to see. Christine, I highly doubt you've seen a Canadian Inuit film. Yeah, no, like no <laughs> one has. Like, I only watched it for like a theory class, right? Like, you know, it's not available for streaming anywhere. <laughs> You know what? Maybe that's Christine's thing. She really likes those Inuit films. She seeks them out at the library. <laughs> yeah, I am obsessed. Like, they bore me, but I'm obsessed with them. Christine, take it away. You're better at this than I am. Okay, so... In this episode, uh, we're gonna start talking about D&D. And... Because you, Severia, you're really good at being the DM. But maybe first we should maybe explain D&D to the people who don't really know what it is. Because I have been that kind, you know, of, of person before BFS. 
you know, I I kind of knew what D&D was because of the Big Bang Theory, because I think they play D&D sometimes. But before we had recourse with Kelsey, I had no idea about it. And now I, I do love it. Uh, it is so funny. But maybe we should explain it. Um, Savaria, can you explain it in a good way to somebody who never heard about it? Uh, yes, I will give it my best shot here. Uh, so Dungeons & Dragons, it's a um, fantasy role-playing game. So basically you've just got this like you know system of you know, like a gaming system. So they have different, you know, character types which get different statistics. So you build up a character, then play as them in this uh, fantasy world controlled by the dungeon master, the DM, who um, sort of leads you, the players, on adventures within this world, which, you know, it's also part of the system that has the different character types and everything, but, um, you know, you can also just do your own thing because who's going to stop you, right? Because this is all, like, a spoken thing. Uh, dice are involved as well. Oh, I love dinosaurs. I love that. That's oh, why no, I love D&D. Dice, dice, um, dice are involved. Dice, please. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Boy, do I love dinosaurs. Oh, what did... <laughs> <laughs> there was too much vodka in between, maybe. <laughs> um, this is why we don't drink on Mondays. Savannah, <laughs> uh, do you want to say something? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah, you confused me there. I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess you can have dinosaurs and Dungeons and Dragons, but I haven't experienced it yet. And like on that thing that you just said where you're like, oh, you can kind of do whatever you want. I feel like, is that like not the norm? Because I'm on like this Dungeons and Dragons Facebook group for like Vancouver and where you'll like be on like dating apps or whatever all of that is. And you'll put like, oh, like D&D, whatever. And people be like, oh, what's your favorite? Like, I guess because you can like purchase the the stories and stuff that you can play along to. But like. It seems like most people just use those things, at least from what it seems like. And so, like, is it, like, do people not usually, like, just come up with their own stories like you do, or? Uh, yeah, no, like, there are, you know, official games and everything, campaigns that you can lead uh, for, you know, DMs who uh, don't have the time or the, you know, creativity to just do their entire Thing by themselves, right? Because, you know, this is a different story every week where you have to factor in, you know, different variables and everything. Like, what if you have problem players that just don't want to go with the story, right? I find it is easier for me to just, you know, do my own thing and have my own, you know, ability to adapt built into the story rather than working within these systems. But also, like, you know, uh, the ones that exist, they do have, like, you know, that potential for adaptation within them. I just am bored by them. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they are generally more serious than what I like to do with my writing and everything, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I find your, your campaigns are always they're humorous and unexpected, and you like to base them off of, like, you know, old movies sometimes, which I get because you're a film bus, but like, 
I know, like, in that campaign that we play with Katrina and Jacqueline and Lisa and people at, like Alexa who have faded off into the distance, but um, I know you've done, like, a bunch of different themed ones and everything, which I think is just, I don't know, I think it's way more creative. I think it's fun. And I guess going off of that, what you were just saying about how, you know, the different variables and how you have to adapt to things, how do you manage to do that so easily like I've never like sometimes I guess I'll notice you know during a campaign they'll just kind of stare at the person to kind of be like hey maybe don't do that don't go that way that's not what I wanted but like you know I guess an example the other day when there was like those goats on the mountain or whatever and you were like expecting us to follow them up and we lassoed them and I got dragged to hell through like all the rocks and everything but how do you like adapt so easily like how do you plan for everything because you can't plan for everything and so i just find it really impressive how you're able to just completely kind of change the direction of your story or change what's going to happen without really having to think about it and so like is that just something that comes naturally to you or did that take practice or how do you do that yeah i mean i guess you know, part of it is, you know, I'm going into this thinking, okay, this is a story that I'm telling to these people, right? So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what they want to do with the story is more important than what I have planned. You know, like I'm writing for my audience, so I have to make sure my audience is into it, right? So, you know, I do try to plan for whatever I can, just knowing my audience, knowing what to expect from you people, knowing what you expect from me, right? So I'll have, like, you know, characters in the back of my pocket just in case you go off in a weird direction and I need to, you know, pull someone out for, like, a deus ex machina or whatever, right? But, like, you know, these aren't that this isn't the type of storytelling where you can like just you know stick with what you have i guess you have to be able to adapt you have to be willing to adapt otherwise it's not going to be fun right i think it's so difficult um i think it's really funny um i was panicking the first time i was the dm in kelsey's course but it's a lot of fun but i can't react so fast like i can't if somebody does it in in like a way I didn't plan at all, and you have to imagine, you know, a new dialogue or something else they will find in that room, or you know, a new like kind of storyline for the next like minutes. I'm I don't know like I can't improvise in in that way. It's even harder in English, I have to say that, but it's just too hard for me. Like that's. I, I panic. I guess it's kind of the same for you, Savannah, because you mentioned it. So I think that's a really special talent. Uh, but I can't really... Maybe if you do it a lot of times, I don't know. Maybe if I would be the DM, like, I don't know, 50 times, then it would be easier. But I don't know. I, I'm not really good at it. But it's fun. Yeah, no, like, it, it definitely is a skill. Like, it does get easier with time. But, yeah, I don't know. I... Uh... I guess it also is because, you know, I was that player who makes things difficult for the DM, so I just, I know what to expect from the problem players, <laughs> right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just here to have fun, right? And, 
you know, like exploring all the little details of the world has always been more fun to me than, you know, following along with the adventure necessarily, right? Like I would rather try to scam some peasants than like, you know, fight a dragon, <laughs> right? Well, I've noticed that you are also a fan of, I guess, torturing your players when they don't really do things the way that you want them to, or you just think it's funny. I don't know. It's like, you're like, sick satisfaction of making our characters suffer, like when Lisa had to talk, and like, I, it was like film noir voice, or so. she had to like yeah, no, narrate I, everything she, just, she did. She doesn't participate, and I was like, okay, here's how you're gonna participate this week. <laughs> Right, so that was just, you know, a scheme to get her involved more. And it just, oh, I feel bad because she was just not into it. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's funny. She got into it, though. Like, I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, like, she was definitely a good sport about it. But, yeah. She was, but I think it's because she knew that you weren't going to let her out of it. And so she was like, fine, I guess I know what I'm at right now. But something that... I think, I don't know, I think it was the one thing so far that has caught you off guard the most was when Katrina decided to kill me. Did you see that one coming? And, like, because I know that you were just kind of like, what is going on? Yeah, like, why <laughs> are you murdering each other? Like, ah, I said don't be evil, <laughs> don't murder each That was the one rule I had going into things. And then she just murders someone. Like, no! <laughs> And now we're now we're married for so I don't I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I just know I have a skeleton arm because of it. But thank you for the skeleton arm. See, that was a way that you adapted to that. You didn't expect that somebody was gonna have a skeleton arm by the end of the session, but somebody did. And I got to use that to open up that like cave thing because they needed a bone. And guess who has one now? But oh man, I forgot. Yeah. About that. <laughs> How can you forget? I'm still impressed with myself about it. I don't know. When did we start that campaign? Oh, God. That, that would have been in... I think it was September or something. Yeah, September or October. You know, I had like a... Oh, man, I actually had a different thing planned, but you guys just weren't rising to the bait, so I had to scrap it. <laughs> For Halloween or...? No, just like in general, I had like a whole arc oh. and you just weren't rising to the bait. So it's like, all right, I guess you're not interested in this, whatever. I'll find something else to do. <laughs> no, there was supposed to be like a whole thing with like some environmentalists who were like evil. <laughs> no, I remember like was like map and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, like I still have them. Now I'm doing like a different thing, which you guys are rising to the bait for. So that's been fun. But yeah, no, like, that just goes back to what I was saying, like, you have to, you know, do this for your audience, right? Like, what matters is that you guys are having fun. Hmm. Well, it is a blast. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, what I like that you also do is, you know, and this can help us jump into kind of the um, the comedy second half of this podcast is... You usually only have, like, one battle, which I appreciate because, like, I don't know, I just, I find, the battles aren't that fun. Like, they're fun, but I mean, it's way 
more like entertaining and amusing when we're having to have like you know social interactions with people or fighting with like god i always forget the donkey man jim the don kim oh my god the donkey man oh he's my favorite this is he doesn't like me um kim the donkey man like i'd rather you know have him stare me down and fight and so that's what i've always appreciated about yours is like we have like our boss battle at the end but it's all focused mostly on you know exploration and like you know interaction which really like that's where all the comedy comes into it and stuff because there's not a whole lot of comedy happening during a battle except for like when the whale always ate us but like um (laughs) and i drowned but Getting into that, I guess, is like the whole comedy aspect of it. And so you mentioned at the beginning of this part, at least I think you did in your, I might be getting confused here, but you did mention in your um, introduction that you do write comedy, yes? Yes. I'm not just remembering something that you said before this. Okay, cool. I just don't want to confuse our listener. Awesome. All right. Um, So let's get into that then for like this second half thing. So... What kind of comedy do you usually write? Ooh. Huh. Um, I do anything, really. Uh, I guess... Uh, I... Huh. I guess kind of, you know, lighthearted, goofy, right? Like, nothing, you know, too dark, generally. You know? I guess kind of a sketch comedy vibe, just, you know, irreverent, whatever. But yeah, I don't know, I'm just, you know, always cracking jokes whenever I can, because that's just who I am as a person, right? So, you know, I, I do a lot of, um, I guess, hybrid comedies where, you know, like, a, you know, comedy westerns, comedy crime, comedy whatever, just so, you know, I'm making fun of different genres as well. You know, because then I also have something specific to work towards, you know? Yeah, that's self-aware comedy. I just, I find it hilarious. I try to use it in my own type of comedy is like, yeah, just when you can make fun of something, but it's just kind of, I don't know, you have to be familiar with it. Like, I guess it's satire in a way or parody. Like, it's just like, those are two of my favorite kind of things to do with comedy. And so I've always appreciated that in yours, especially your comedic Westerns. I love them. Uh, I still find it weird that at the beginning of the year we both went for comedic westerns without knowing the other person was doing a comedic western and it was like nobody usually does comedic westerns but I guess two people in this class decided to but I know that you also do a bit of slapstick right? Uh, Yeah I guess I do slapstick as well yeah I'll, I'll just do like anything really anything that makes you laugh yeah like, um, God, I'm trying to think. I just, yeah, I guess, um, just looking at my work, like, I've done, you know, the Western parody. I've done, um, a lot of, like, dialogue, just, like, back and forth, rapid fire, whatever, just always trying to emulate who's on first <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? Like, that's just the vibe. That's, like, the ideal comedic vibe for me. Just the who's on first. <laughs> <laughs> but so question then if we're doing the dialogue thing um because i've kind of 
block this class from my mind. I still remember bits and pieces of it, but I think we're in the same group. I know what you're gonna talk about. Yeah, oh god. Talking about Aaron right now, because we're talking about dialogue, and so I wanna know, because I, yeah, like, I, I kind of, I was too busy paying attention to the fact that he was roasting me, that I didn't notice if he was roasting other people, but how did, like, cause you just mentioned, like, you kind of do the back and forth dialogue, did Aaron appreciate that when you did it, or was, were you one of the people he was kind of like, no? uh yeah i mean i you know i did my thing in the first one and then he just like shut me down so i was like okay i guess i'm making very boring dialogue right now whatever but yeah no he was like god i i did not agree with a lot of what he said about dialogue just because you know like he was saying like okay you know this is the way to do dialogue you know, you have to make it no sound like something out of, like, a 50s French movie. It's like, okay, no. Nobody likes that. <laughs> there are just so many other ways that you... Like, there's no one way to write things, you know? Like, there are there's just so not. many different Especially types in comedy. of movies out there. Yeah. With, like, all the different subgenres like... and everything, right? Like, as long as people are laughing, that's what matters, right? Honestly, like, I guess, yeah, like, he he had a cute dog, and he was funny at times, but yeah, I didn't agree a lot with his dialogue and stuff, and it just, yeah, so that's why I just wanted to know, because, like, you know, he would come after, because you'd, you'd want to do the back and forth kind of comedy thing, and he was like, oh, that doesn't work, you're just saying nothing, like, there's nothing happening, and you're like, that's what makes it yeah, funny, like, is they're just funny. arguing. <laughs> No, like, it's not like they're going to argue for the next 20 minutes, but, like, that back-and-forth banter, like, banter is hilarious if the characters play really well off of each other, but I guess Aaron felt victimized by banter. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Christine, I feel bad because you haven't mm-hmm. said anything well, in a while, and would you like to add to... I... One... Okay, I don't really remember a lot, but I remember he's like tip that you know you can you can do some good dialogue if the two persons who are talking to each other are talking about two total different things and we did this one like test you know when everybody was writing their own dialogue i think and then we matched two dialogues you know and then we went back and forth back and forth and sometimes the dialogue really worked even though we had no idea what the other person like would write about, you know, so two persons would like talk about two totally different things, but it worked. Like it became a dialogue you could understand, and I thought that was really cool. Um, I remember that. Um, but yeah, do you remember the test? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but like. That's another thing I didn't agree with him on is, like, occasionally that's funny when they're talking about two different things, but at the same time, it's like, how are you ever going to get to the Yeah, I don't think it's funny. Sorry, I know, no, we are talking about comedy shit. No, that's not funny. Um, No, it was just a a normal, like, dialogue tip I just remembered. Like, something I, I thought was really cool, but that has nothing to do with comedy. Um, I guess this would work quite good for a drama, maybe, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it could also work for comedy, right? Like, there's a there's a time and a place for everything, right? Like, you just have to make sure it works within your story, within your writing style, right? Like, that's not something I could do in my work, just because, like, that's not... It just doesn't fit with everything else that I do, right? Like, it doesn't fit that irreverent tone. But, you know, it, it definitely is something that could work more for, like, you know, a darker comedy, a more serious comedy, right? something that has something to say well i think all comedy um stories um have something to say and i think comedy is way stronger than drama because um you know in comedy everything is funny for like let's say like 40 minutes and then something really really dark happens and that hits me even more because it was so funny, it was so bright and light, and then something really bad happens to the characters. And I will remember that more than all the plot in a drama, you know, because it's just it's a change of mood. Um, I could have an example from I think nobody in this group likes the Big Bang Theory, but I'm just gonna talk about it because <laughs> I like it. The Big Bang Theory. Um, <laughs> no, it's just uh, you know. Um, Sheldon and Amy are a couple, and I don't think this is a spoiler, it's, you know, some years ago, and Amy thinks, you know, their relationships are just, you are, like, going too slow, and I understand that it's Sheldon, you know, and she breaks up with him, and, yeah, she breaks up with him over the phone, I think, and then he's like, okay, I understand that, and, you know, then afterwards, uh, he takes out something from his desk, I think, and it was a ring. So he wanted to ask her if she would marry him. And that hit, that was like the last scene of the episode, and it hit me so deep because they just pro she just broke up with him and he wanted to marry her. And we had no idea, um, you know, because it's a comedy. And like, then you see this like dark and sad moment, like it really touched me. And that's why I think like comedy are like one of the best things to show like, you know, messages to and, you know, themes. And I know you don't like themes, Savannah, but I, I still think that's like the best genre, actually. I, you know what I mean? Themes. It's not that I don't like themes. It's just I feel like they just people put too much emphasis on theme. And it's like, it's, well, I guess in comedy, themes sometimes you're like, it's not as important as it is with drama and stuff, but I got off on theme in like literally every single episode so far, so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut and I'm gonna turn this over to Samaria. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, like what you were saying about how you know you have those serious moments in the comedies that make them you know hit all that much harder. I, you also have the reverse in drama, right? Like, if you just have like a two hour movie of just like you know the most miserable storyline that you can imagine, mm -hmm. but then you end it with like a joke, you know? Like that has yeah. its own type yeah. of impact, you know? It's all about like balance and everything, right? Um, and just like the contrast between those two tones, right? Like as long as you're using it sparingly, you're using it right, it's gonna have the same impact either way, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess, cause we just jumped into the um... I'm just looking at the time here, and I think we can go till like 12.45, and then I feel like that's good. So, I guess a question that I have for you, Severia, then is, because Christine, you just brought up, you know, you love the Big Bang Theory. 
and I'll argue with you on that, but everyone's entitled to their own opinions. And so, Severia, what are your favorite comedies? Oof, are we talking film or television? Um, let's do both. Okay, um, I guess in terms of television, I'm gonna say... Um, big into the sketch comedy, uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, Kids in the Hall, etc., etc. That just, you know, I was raised on that stuff. That's what shaped my sense of humor, right? I was just like that weird 10-year-old kid who was just obsessed with this, you know, 50-year-old British television show. I did not have <laughs> friends. <laughs> but, yeah. <sighs> So, you know, just for those reasons, more than anything else, these are like, you know, these are my shows, right? They're just, ah, they hold that special place in my heart. But, um, yeah, lately I have been obsessed with MASH as well. Uh, Dramedy from the 70s about the Korean War, which, yeah, that's like, you know, they have, it's a comedy with, these occasional dramatic episodes that just like rip your heart out because it's like oh no not Hawkeye this funny guy (laughs) on this funny show why are you making him cry right so you know they do that you know uh, sprinkling in of drama very well and then once the show gets more serious they do that you know sprinkling in of comedy very well it's just an excellent television show Highly recommend. Um, yeah, in terms of movies, um, also Monty Python for the same reasons as the Flying Circus. Right? Like I'm all about the Holy Grail. That's probably the movie I've seen more than any. Like I've seen that at least a dozen times. Right? That's just a masterpiece. Um, yeah, okay, I don't know what, I just, I watch so many movies that I just don't know anymore. <laughs> like, all I've been watching lately are westerns, so, like, I've got that on the brain. Oh, western, what kind of western? Like, what movies? Oh, uh, you, oh, you definitely haven't heard of them. Um, <laughs> I've just been watching very trashy westerns from the 1950s. Like, you know, anything starring, like, Roy Rogers or Gene Autry people who you have not heard of <laughs> but no. you know i'm looking <laughs> no, i'm looking for a thesis topic for my master's program so yeah i'm just looking into more obscure stuff so i would have something original to say um and do you like action comedy like, yeah like action comedy like yeah yeah like like I'll, like i'll watch anything right but uh yeah no like um Oh, I feel like I just watched a good action comedy. But I cannot remember. I feel like it was... God, what was it? Oh, wait, no, this was a straight-up action movie. Never mind, never mind. No, no, um... I was thinking of The Adventures of Robin Hood from, like, 1935, which had some very funny moments. And also some excellent sword fighting. Oh, it was so good. Where do you find all of these, like, um... No, you can't watch enough movies. No, no. But where do you find all these movies? Like, because they are, like, way older, like, 
you can't really find it on Netflix, you know? I, I don't think so. I don't know. But where do you find them? Oh, yeah, no, I, I know all the good pirating websites. <laughs> That's how. No, um, actually, no, I've been watching the Westerns on um, 2B TV. They have a lot of free stuff that nobody cares about, which is where I've been finding the Westerns. Um, there's also the art film website, Movie, which has, you know, weirder old movies. Um, yeah, I've just been binge-watching, like, Bollywood films from the 50s on there, because they're taking them off at the end of this month, and that's not okay. I haven't watched them yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, if you do enough digging, all right, like, there's gonna be a weird website that no one's heard of that has movies that no one's heard of, just because since no one's heard of them, rights to these movies are cheaper. <laughs> But that's kind of sad as well, yeah. I mean, there are so many movies on this earth, so I guess not all movies can be known by everyone, but it's a little bit sad, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that does mean that, like, you know, yeah, like, when you watch the more obscure movies, that just means that your own writing seems more original, because no one has seen the things that you're inspired by. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, Savannah, we talked about... Um, a Million Ways to Die in the West. Was it? That's the right title, right? Yeah. Um, because that's that was like the only like um, comedy western I have seen, I think. Uh, what do you think about that one, Saveria, if you have seen it? I have not seen it. Um, I think I've been meaning to see it, but I haven't been able to find it on any of the streaming services that I have. So... Yeah, I'm not sure if it would be your kind of movie, because I know that like you like whenever we try to make things like sexual or weird in D and D, you're like, please for the love of God, stop! <laughs> the entire movie is just nothing but sex jokes for like two hours. So I don't know. Oh dear. Yeah, if you vibe with that, I mean, I'm like I'll watch anything. I won't enjoy it, but I'll watch it. <laughs> just to say yeah. you did. Pretty much. No, because, you know, also, like, if you just avoid things that you don't think you're going to like, you're just, like, cutting yourself off to so much, right? Like, yeah. and there's also the chance that you will end up liking something, you know? So I try not to, you know, avoid any one genre or whatever, just in case. And I'm usually wrong, but, you know... <laughs> You know, if you want a comedy western, Blazing Saddles is an absolute masterpiece. That's like the only comedy western that matters. Now that one's about, um, God, a black guy becomes the sheriff of this western town. And everybody is just, you know. Oh my, I have seen it. I, I have seen it, yes. Now when you say the plot, because I'm so bad at titles, that's shameful. Yeah, I've seen it. Um... Yeah, oh, if you like that, you should look into more uh, Mel Brooks movies. He's the director. He does that sort of, you know, parody, irreverent. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of The Producers, but that was also him. You know, that one's like, um, got a screenwriter and a producer. Or no, it's a theater guy. Like a playwright. Yeah, he and a producer 
uh, decide to scam people by making a movie that's uh, like created to fail. Right, and what ends up happening is then they get all the money, they close the show, they don't have to give people the money back because they um, flopped or whatever. So, God, I haven't seen that in so long, so I might be getting a few details wrong, but that one is very funny. They try to make like the world's worst musical, but spoiler alert, it ends up being like weirdly successful because it's just so bad that people think it's like the greatest comedy of all time. <laughs> Right, so, oh god, I just remember the one musical number, Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> so people are like, oh man, this is like peak satire. And they're like, oh no. Oh, this was supposed to fail. Oh no. And then it's like the biggest Broadway sensation since, like, Cats. Um, I guess we should wrap things up now. Just talking for like 45 minutes. But like, <laughs> um... Well, thank you for coming on the show, Severia. I'm glad that you agreed to it and you uh, you listened to it. That means a lot to us. I'm glad to do it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Christine, you got any closing comments? I would say um, everybody who listens should start to play D&D and to write more comedy. That's it. <laughs> Seriously, that start to play D&D. It's really funny, I swear. <laughs> <laughs>